lesbian, gay, trans, and even bi-coastal. From the chilly Hudson Valley of New York and California's furnace of Palm Springs, the Gay BC Radio Network welcomes you to the Gay BC Happy Hour with Richie Roy and Johnny Mack. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Hour. Hope you're having a great day so far. How are you, Johnny? I am just absolutely running around like a chicken with my head cut off, Richie. I, I am getting ready for a trip. I'm going tomorrow up to the Bay Area and going to see some friends I have not seen in quite some time in San Francisco. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to getting away, except that I had to get up at 8 o'clock this morning, which for anyone who really knows me knows that that's like an hour early for me. And then I have been just going, going, going all day long. And it seems like every time I think I'm catching up, I'm further behind. So here I am. We're ready to go and have a great holiday-oriented show planned for you this week. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm glad that we're we're back live, you know, so that's always fun. And we are kind of heading into the holiday season and everything. Um, so uh, you know, speaking of that, uh, it's that time of year when we are looking to get presents for folks. And, um, you know, there was Black Friday and the whole and you know, Cyber Monday and everything else. And so, yeah, uh, the question is, have you begun your holiday shopping? Indeed. And I have to admit that I have. And, and we're going to kind of break this part of our conversation into uh, two parts on the show tonight. Because on the one hand, we're going to be talking right now about about holiday shopping. But we're also going to be talking about some ideas that might spur you on if you have not completed your holiday shopping and you're trying to find those hard to buy for people we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff coming up in our second hour when we do our normal uh, seal of approval feature that comes yeah. up at the bottom of the second hour so uh, so stay tuned for that but yeah I mean there's so many people I think who avoid going out now because it, I remember when I especially when I lived in New York City it's a joy and it's a nightmare um, when you go into places like, you know, Macy's or to some of the other really fancy department stores in New York uh, and in lots of other cities across the country, too, to see all of the Christmas stuff. It's, you know, it's it's really a, a neat experience. I found that to be the case in Seattle and Chicago and uh, in lots of other places around the country. But then there's that scourge of people who will arm wrestle and even clobber you to get the item that they want to grab that's on on the you know display and it's like the last of it and people snatching stuff out of people's hands and really turning uh, against their fellow human kind and just doing things that are absolutely amazingly stupid. Uh, I went back and I watched some videos the other day, Richie, of people who in back, you remember when Cabbage Patch Kids were the thing and everybody sure. had to get one to give to somebody for Christmas? Uh, well, when people are beating each other up and 
you know, literally assaulting one another to get things, that makes people not want to have to go out and go holiday shopping. And that's certainly done a lot easier in these days with all the stuff that you can order online. And, you know, whether it's through Amazon or other people direct. But I have found that uh, it has not been uh, that crazy out and about as it as it has been in past years. I think more people are doing the online shopping thing. And certainly that's great for those who want that convenience. On the other hand, I'm not so sure that it's great for a lot of local retailers. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of places encourage people to buy from small businesses because that is at the um, heart of our community. A lot of small businesses owned by, you know, your neighbors, and that's what keeps them alive is the holiday season throughout the year because this is when they're really supposed to be bringing it in. Yeah. And I think it's worth remembering, um, you know, I think shopping small and local is important because think about where your money is going, because at the end of the day, maybe it is a little bit more expensive than on Amazon because Amazon undercuts everyone. Right. But your money is going to local employment, to local businesses, local businesses that support local causes. Um, you know that that keep bricks and brick and mortar stores open with people. You know having jobs, and um, it's really important just for you know for your ecosystem. I know here in Uptown Kingston we have um, a pretty robust uh, sort of set of small businesses, and uh, it's great you know during the holiday season to see people actually shopping there. Um, you know, knowing that you could probably get the same thing or similar things cheaper on Amazon, but it's it's a community effort and it's something that you have to, to sort of prioritize you know or i think it, it it would be good to prioritize um you know your local community you know one of the things that i uh that in new york and i'm sure in other cities a way to do that is that they have these kind of holiday marts holiday markets um like there's one in grand central there's one in bryant park Columbus Circle and those are small business owners who you know pay to rent a stall in the market mm-hmm. and um, that's a way to actually get money directly into the hands of people who are actually creating things um, and to the extent you can do something like that uh, it makes a much bigger difference you know if for Amazon one purchase really doesn't move any kind of needle but for some small business owners one purchase means the difference between you know, being solvent and having to go under, you know, so uh, right. yeah, it's a, it's a big part. Yeah. And I, I don't want to um, come off as being totally anti Amazon either, because there are many small businesses that use Amazon as the portal for people to purchase goods from them. But a lot of time, let's be honest, when you're looking to buy something, all you're looking at is the item and the price. You're not really looking at who is the provider of that product. You just know that it's coming in a brown box with a kind of smiley face graphic on the side of it that says Amazon. And and so from that standpoint, you don't know if you're supporting a local business or not. It may, in fact, be a local business that's selling those items to you. And, and they're local to somewhere. But yeah, everything that I think you just said, Richie, is just really important to think about. And, and the fact that we can uh, have such an economic impact on our own community and helping those around us, which makes things better for everyone. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big it's a big deal, and you know I you know early on in the show we did an interview with uh, one of the founders of Hamilton and Adams, right. um, a local 
Kingston shop. And, you know, that brings up the other point, which is uh, this season, you know, in your purchasing power can also, you can use it whether in, in person or online, you can use it to support LGBTQ businesses. And that's another, you know, really important thing is to try to build out your, you know, your directory of LGBTQ or, or allied companies and support them. Um, and, you know, again, if you're supporting, you know, Amazon or Macy's or one of these big companies, not that they're anti. Yeah, I, great idea. And I think if you, uh, you know, if you make a point to, if you really want to support like businesses in our LGBTQ community, um, or businesses that are supportive of various causes, or uh, you know, do business a certain way uh, that you find out about, know about. Uh, I know that there's a number of businesses here that you know give uh, excess uh, inventory to people who are homeless and yeah. things like that. Those are the kinds of businesses that I want to support because they do things that go beyond, uh, you know, above and beyond to help people in the community. And, and, you know, I'm certainly going to uh, be patronizing it at this time of year in the holiday uh, season when we're doing some of this gift buying uh, businesses that do provide uh, the extra, you know, level of customer care and the level of support for the community, um, just knowing that they do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, important to have kind of a resource list like that around. And... Uh, in some communities, they, of course, have LGBTQ uh, chambers of commerce, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they will have guides as well um, that will show you uh, the various members, business members. And some of those are not necessarily gay-owned businesses, but they're definitely very community-supported ones or supportive ones. Uh, so be thinking about uh, you know turning to resources like that. Also, if you're not sure who is and who isn't in your area. And another another thing to keep an eye out for is um, there's something called a B Corporation or a B Corp. And um, what this is, is it's a relatively sort of new development, but it's a form of corporate uh, entity. And what it does is because normal corporate entities, they're really, you know, they have to focus on maximizing shareholder returns that's that's literally their business and if they don't do that they can be you know the board can be turfed out uh, replaced but b corps are set up sort of differently where they can have non-economic values within their kind of structure so for instance things like environmental causes or equity and inclusion can be uh, considered important enough tent poles for a b corp that they can forego profit in support of other things. And so if you have a chance, like keep an eye out, you know, there's a little logo, a B Corp logo on certain products, but um, that's sort of another thing to keep an eye out for because B Corps um, are basically saying sort of loud and proud, we are valuing, uh, you know, humans or the, or the environment or the earth or whatever um, over just pure profit. So that's another thing to keep an eye out for. That really is. That's cool. I had not heard that before. Yeah, it's really it's really great, um, and I you know I, I it's something you know you turn the bottle you know like if you're at a, at a shop and you know you turn the bottle over it you know at a toiletries shop or whatever if you see the little bee in a circle 
you know, like, okay, this is, this company is kind of, you know, on the, they're on the up and up. They're not, they're not just squeezing every every dime for, you know, you know, out of their customers. So yeah, um, it's, it's a good, it's a good moment to kind of just think about something that's, that's true year round, which is your money matters and what you do with it matters. And, you know, uh, I like to remind people all the time on the occasions that I get bad customer service, um, that, it is not a privilege for me to spend my money with you. And I actually had a couple of instances in the past week where where I've had to call that into my you know realm of thinking. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I, I really dislike being a magnet for bad customer service or for uh, you know bad products and that's kind of what we have the the seal of approval segment in this program for. But at this time of year, it, it, you know, it really stands out to me when people who work in retail and um, in, uh, you know, in uh, food service and things like that, it really stands out when they do deliver really good customer service because I know how trying this time of year is for them because they're working mm-hmm. really, really, really hard, uh, most of them, to make sure that you have a pleasant experience and that your holidays are not ruined. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I think, you know, again, shopping local, one of the things is over time you develop relationships. Mm -hmm. And so let's say a product, you know, you buy something and it turns out that it just, it's an inferior product, something's wrong with it. Um, You buy a bottle of wine and it's corked, um, you know, you can go back and they know you and you can say, hey, you know, just to let you know, you know, this product was not very good. you know, you might have influence over their purchasing in the future, as opposed to Amazon or whatever, where it goes back into the abyss. Yeah. So it, that cuts both ways, and of course, you've shared with me in the past that you have a very special relationship with a bookseller there in your neighbor, you know, in your burg, and that when you have those kinds of relationships with people, they remember uh, things about you and about your taste and keeping an eye out and, and thinking about, you know, oh, this might be something that I should recommend to that customer when they come back in or call them up or even send them an email and tell them, hey, do you know about this? Because I remember you talking about a book at one time like that that your bookseller uh, had set aside for you. And mm-hmm. th- that's the kind of relationship you're going to have with a local retailer. Um you know, the, is somebody who every sale matters to them. They're not just somebody working for a big corporation and it's, you know, all just a, a, a numbers game at the end of the day when they ring out the cash register. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you think about, um, you know, running a small business, uh, you know, especially a small retail business involves a really enormous amount of risk for a very, very narrow margin. And so, you know, they are making money, but they're doing it for other reasons too. They're doing it because they want to support the community because they want there to be good stuff where they live. Right. And so you want to support that too because, you know, I think probably for a lot of people who run, let's say, a small local business, a bookstore, there are many jobs that that person could have that would make them more money, to be honest. And they do that out of love of their community and love of books. And so as opposed to when you think of, you know, something like Amazon, which treats books like widgets, and it really, you know, it does not care. You know, it squeezes the publishers, it squeezes everyone to try to make it as cheap and, you know, 
uh, commoditized as possible. Totally, it's basically the opposite experience. And you know, I'm willing to spend extra um, to support an ecosystem of people that actually want to have a community full of wonderful things that you can go down and buy and who know you and yeah it's it's a it's just a different model and i think one that's really worth supporting so absolutely indeed well coming up we're going to visit with somebody in san francisco who is putting on an event this weekend it will raise money for lgbtq youth organizations and we're going to tell you exactly how and where you can go and participate in that if you are in the bay area of california this weekend uh, we'll also be talking about a lot of other stuff, including some of the ugly news. Um, we didn't get into it yet, but there is some stuff on the transphobia front that we have to unfortunately talk about a little bit today. Uh, George Santos is in a world of hurt, and he may be out of our uh, lexicon sooner than uh, we'll know it. Not Good sooner riddance. than we'd like, because, of course, like Richie just said, good riddance. Stay with us. This is the GBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy. I'm Johnny Mack, and you can call in and join us as well. Our telephone number is 760-677-0111. 760-677-0111, and you might even win yourself a GBC t-shirt. Stay with us. Outside might be frightening, and Jack might be nipping at your. Uh, forget it, guys. I'm not reading any more of this smut. Even this microphone has its limits. Back to your hot toddies of LGBTQ stuff. It's Santa Mac and his reindeer Richie. Oh, and me? I'm Howard the Hanukkah Bush. I don't get no respect. Take it away, you silly seasonal homos. Poor Howard. Hello, and <laughs> welcome back to the happy hour. Uh, speaking of hot toddies, uh, coming up uh, later in the show, we have our regular segment of cocktails and mocktails. Um, came up with some some new stuff for this week, and I believe Johnny that you also have a guest for us. Mm-hmm. Tom Nelson is the producer of an annual event, the Krampus Pageant in San Francisco, and that's something that raises funds for LGBTQ plus youth resource organizations in the Bay Area. I want to welcome him to the GBC Happy Hour. Hi, Tom. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? I'm doing really well. Well, season's greetings to you, and I've heard the name Krampus before, maybe of European origin. Can you start us off by uh, sharing with us what or who Krampus is? Well, in a lot of Eastern European countries, Krampus is kind of the anti-Santa. Usually some sort of part goat, part man, comes around once a year to punish all the naughty children. Wow. 
I'm not sure if I'd even want Christmas to happen if I thought that part man, part goat was going to come and pay me a visit. Maybe I'd behave a lot better. I don't, I don't know. But you have an event happening this weekend. You've been producing for several years now, but what, about five years? What does, this is our fifth one, yeah. The fifth one. What does the Krampus pageant entail, and who and what will it comprise? Well, let's see. We put it on as a spoof of a beauty pageant. The contestants come out dressed as their Krampus. They have a talent round where they can sing or play an instrument or some do poetry, which can be very, very naughty. (laughs) Uh, Others will do uh, short skits. Uh, And then finally, uh, questions from the judges. Okay, so there's judges there. Uh, And who are those comprised of? We try and pull people from various parts of the community. We have our leather judge, Race Bannon. We have this year's drag judge is a past Grand Duchess of San Francisco, and we usually give a seat to last year's Krampus winner. We'll look forward to that. How creative do the pageant contestants themselves get? Are they going to leave any of those drag race contestants scared for their lives, or is this much? We have people with all levels of skill and talent, and last year's winner entered the room on stilts as a seven-foot-tall Krampus. We don't just limit it to Krampus, so any of the dark holiday spirit. We've had a couple Grylas. We've had, uh, I think we had a Yukiona. One year we had two Yule cats. Yule cats? Tell me Uh, about a Yule cat. Icelandic tradition. It's a giant cat with with sharp teeth and claws that will eat people who aren't wearing new clothes at Christmas. I hope my co-host is listening right now. Moving right along, who's involved? Uh, I believe I read that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are among your co-conspirators of goodwill? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've been indispensable over the years putting this on. I partner with them to get it all put together and for for manpower the day of, and they do a lot of our marketing as well. And who's going to be the beneficiary of this year's event? And do you have a goal amount that you're trying to reach for them? And what does the organization do specifically for youth that is going to be receiving the proceeds of of this event? Uh, This year, the beneficiary is Larkin Street Youth Services, and they serve homeless youth here in San Francisco with outreach, health and wellness, transitional housing, uh, uh, job training and and job programs. It's a fantastic organization. And what's Uh, the goal in terms of how much you want to raise? I'd like to beat last year. Last year, we raised $3,500 for an organization in the East Bay called Pacific Center for Human Growth. Give us the details, the location, uh, what time it's going to happen, whether or not there's an entrance fee to get into the event, and how the Krampus pageant itself helps you to fill the coffers. So we are at El Rio on Mission Street in San Francisco, and it's going to be Saturday, December 2nd. The door is at 3. The show starts at 4 and should run to 7.30 or 8.00. We do ask for a 10 to $20 donation at the door, but no one's turned away. As well as having judges, the audience gets a say as well. So if you have a favorite Krampus, then we have the community vote. And $1 is one vote. So you can actually show up at this thing and make a real difference in terms of not only how much the beneficiary receives after the event, but in who ends up being crowned as 
Krampus. Absolutely. Sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to coming up to San Francisco this weekend to check it out myself. Sounds like I better get a neck brace, though, in case somebody shows up on stilts. Otherwise, we'll look forward to seeing you in San Francisco on Saturday. Tom, thanks so much for telling us about the pageant. I'll see you on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds great, you know, and and I think um, it highlights another thing. You know, we were talking in the first segment about kind of gifts uh, and stuff, but giving is also really important um, yeah. to think about in this time of year. Yeah, it, it is a really great thing to do, and of course, it, you know, that was all part of the stuff that happened in this past week. Or we had is you know we were talking about you know Black Friday and then Cyber Monday and then there was Giving Tuesday, and boy did my email box fill up on Tuesday and well Monday and Tuesday with a lot of different hands out. Uh, there's a lot of organizations that are in need and certainly use this time of year to to fundraise. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I I know why they do it. I, I don't like the Giving Tuesday thing. I don't I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the idea of Giving Tuesday. It's good to it's good to to have a way to raise awareness for it for good causes. But the idea that you're gonna like you know especially after Black Friday and Cyber Monday that then it's kind of like like the pittance you know whatever like shekels are left you know throw those bones at you know some good causes that i don't love you know i what? actually if it were up to me richie you know when i would actually be in those organizations soliciting for that would be you know after april the 15th when people start to see their tax returns come back and maybe they have a little extra in their pocket coming back to them from the government i mean maybe some people have less but but it would seem to me that that would be a good time, money that you could, you had not really counted on, that you could, uh, you know, spare for good. Yeah, or even Thursday, Thanksgiving evening after dinner, you know, when yeah. you're feeling grateful, you know, that then, you know, giving Thursday evening, you know, thanks Thanksgiving, literally. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to continue with more of the happy hour. Stay with us. From GayBC.com, this is the Happy Hour with your hosts, Richie Roy and Johnny Mack, your source for conversation, current events, culture, and all things LGBTQ. Hello, and welcome back to the Happy Hour. Well, howdy, partner. Howdy, partner. So just want to remember, remind people of our call-in number. It's 760-677-0111. Because, you know, we've been talking about kind of holiday suggestions, small businesses. You know, if there's any, you know, if you have any kind of local LGBTQ owned or, you know, or, you know, sort of really great small business that you think should be, you know, trumpeted, give us a call. Let us know. Um, it's it's always great to hear that kind of stuff. And if anything that we talk about, you know, is of interest, definitely uh, call and chime in. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but in the meantime, uh, to go from sort of warm fuzzies and, uh, you know, the, the the holiday spirit to a little bit something a little grinchier, let's go down <laughs> to um, our favorite state to hate, Florida. 
Is it? I mean, there's so many of them now that are competing for that title. I know, yeah, I guess. I know. And by the way, speaking of that, um, my governor and their governor are apparently this evening, uh, as we produce the show live on Thursdays, having a showdown. Uh, I guess it's like uh, Gavin meets DeSantis at the OK Corral tonight. They're having some sort of a debate of red versus blue state, and that should be amusing. I'm, I actually feel a little jealous that I can't be watching that tonight, but it's probably for the, the best thing for my blood pressure. I was just about to say you're not allowed to watch that. Okay. You can watch clips later, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, w- I wonder if DeSantis is going to wear his trademark uh, white wellies um, to the uh, debate. Uh, not unless uh, uh, Nancy Sinatra is going to go with him, and I think they're on the wrong side. I think they're on opposite sides of the political fence. <laughs> yeah, I still this that that image is so iconic to me of him in those white waiters. It was so funny. Um, but but speaking of wading through shit, um, Florida, you know, there's had a raft of anti-LGBTQ laws spearheaded by Ron DeSantis himself. Um, and we have a story that kind of comes out of that, um, which is a, a school district in, I believe, Broward County has temporarily t- uh, put some administrators and teachers on uh, on a uh, leave pending an investigation because there was a volleyball um, team and there was a, uh, a, a trans woman on the team who is transitioning or transitioned. And um, according to the various anti-trans laws that are currently on the books, um, that that is not allowed. And you have to play for the 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 sex that you were born. You have to play on those teams. And so there is a witch hunt going on right now. And uh, yeah, that's a bunch of crap. It just <laughs> is. I'm just. I'm so tired of hearing this week after month after year and people just need to get their crap together um you know last night i was watching a special on uh amazon prime my partner and i were watching a concert that was or not it wasn't a concert well it was it was a kind of a comedy and concert uh that was called alex borstein uh, corsets and clown suits and this was a show that I'm going to recommend everybody watch because boy did she have some great stuff to say about trans people and you know about everybody that doesn't fall under the um, heteronormative uh, definitions and it it was just it was so funny and so uh, smart and so in your face, and it was just a really great experience to spend with my television set for about an hour and a half last night. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And if you don't know who Alex Borstein is, she also happens to be the voice of uh, Lois on Family Guy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and she's done a lot of other stuff, too. She's been on other Hmm. shows and... But, uh, yeah, just uh, it was a really, really great thing. And, you know, and she just put it out there, you know, asking these transphobes, you know, 
what the hell their problem is and how how somebody else what they're going through in, in their life uh, is any of your business yeah and the thing is i think you know uh i've i'm i'm entering the age where i have um i have friends uh in my cohort who have you know sort of grade school to junior high to even high school age children and you know i guess that would be generation alpha um and the the homophobes and transphobes have lost they've lost the generational fight the, these are these are young folks who are growing up um uh you know with non-binary friends uh you know with lgbtq uh folks uh, you know surrounding them uh you know with trans friends and they have no time for any of this they are you know they're not shook by pronouns you know the the right talks about snowflakes and if anything the right is really the most snowflakey you know sort of demographic because they get so bent out of shape about just having to you know accept uh human decency and other people's kind of considerations and but you know generation alpha they they have no time for that they're just busy living their lives and and accepting people for who they are and so you know i think that a lot of this you know what we see in things like ron DeSantis's don't say gay bills and stuff is really kind of this this death this death rattle of kind of a of a generation that doesn't want to acknowledge where history is clearly going and that the the kids these days you know the, the ship has sailed as far as generation alpha is concerned yeah well i really hope that somebody's going to get it right you know down the road i'm i'm hoping that we're going to be able to have somebody be able it's not somebody but a whole generation of people be able to uh, bring the rest of the Neanderthals on board and understand that the only way you're going to have peace on earth and goodwill towards man and woman and everyone uh, is when you just stop hating people for stupid reasons. Yeah, and you know we have we have a story that actually kind of um, goes into that a little bit. Um, a kind of a nice, uh, you know, sometimes a good middle finger can be kind of just the thing. Um, so the owner of an Omaha, Nebraska apartment complex has uh, taken a step in that direction. <laughs> Isn't that right? Uh, yeah. It, and you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of years ago when I was driving cross-country from San Francisco to New York. And we went to pay a call on to Fred Phelps and his family at the Westboro Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And right across the street was this house that was completely painted as a rainbow. And <laughs> <laughs> and it actually it made me laugh because I had not heard about this before I actually went there. Uh, I know that it had gotten, gotten a lot of attention uh, in the past, but uh, I personally had not been aware of that until I was there and saw it with my, with my own eyes. But, yeah, it was... Um, it was really uh, something else because um, to see not just a house but an entire apartment complex being painted like a big gay rainbow flag was uh, was pretty substantial. Yeah, and I like what I like about the story too is that it was 
It was, um, you know, the the owner of the of the building who it sounds like is kind of like a, a landlord. You know, has a, a other properties and stuff. Um, his kids were the ones who were like, let's paint it rainbow, and uh, and but he but the owner was kind of uh, taken with the fact that the that that he had had a previous conversation with one of the neighbors who had espoused anti-gay views and was kind of like, okay, let's go, let's go for it. And painted this whole building rainbow. And, and it seems like the uh, residents of the building are thrilled. They love the color scheme. And, you know, it's, it's become kind of this like iconic, uh, iconic building. So I think that's kind of a really fun story of, you know, especially in a place like Omaha, Nebraska to just have, you know, uh, to have someone sort of do make it a, a really grand and fun gesture that doesn't hurt anyone and is just really fun. You know who I'm betting among our billionaire class would have underwritten this if they had just asked him is uh, uh, Mr. Buffett. Yes, because he, of course, is probably the wealthiest man in town. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, Warren Buffett, I, I bet he even chuckled when he saw this story hit the I newspapers. Bet. Yeah. What a great, um, what a great thing, and, and it's fun for us to be able to talk about these things and and to acknowledge when people who are really grinchy uh, get it back in their face in you know in a very positive way that actually has a a benefit or impact that is positive for people in our community so mm-hmm. yeah i saw that picture and i was immediately i was like oh my god it's the house across the street from fred phelps in topeka kansas on steroids yeah yeah and it's it's also it's why you know i think it's why sometimes the flag becomes kind of this galvanizing sort of lightning bolt uh or lightning rod in both directions um because it does actually carry weight you know, people, it does actually cause people to think because, you know, one of the things that I, there's a local restaurant here that's just a regular old, it's a, it's actually a Southern food restaurant down the street from my house that, um, you know, they put up a, you know, they have two flags flying in front of the, you know, on a flagpole. They have the American flag and they have the pride flag year round. And to me, it's just, it's such a thing that just says, you know, I think the pride flag is really a way of saying everyone is welcome. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just code for like, you can be here and we want you here. And I think that that's what drives, I think some people on the right so crazy is because that, that, that message is so anathema to what they want to be saying. Um, Oops. What was that? My phone just went off and it was Madonna. Sorry. Oh, Madonna. (laughs) You must be my lucky star. Indeed. Uh, Lucky star. Yeah. Um, Great song. I actually just recently saw um, a video online um, that was a uh, Madonna performing at Danceteria in like 1982. And it was amazing actually to see um, because – I think it was Everybody was the song. And um, just, you know, straight out of the gate, she had her whole charisma and everything was there. She was already a star. And uh, that was really fun to see because I had never seen that before. So, You know, um, by the way, speaking of Madonna, uh, I am going to get uh, a guest on this program early in the new year uh, because he's going to be a guest with us on another podcast that I produce. 
Uh, and his name is Billy Steinberg. And he is among the most successful songwriters of the past 35 years. And he uh, uh, wrote or uh, co-wrote many well-known American pop hits, uh, including a lot of enduring classics. But the one that put the most money in his pocket, although he did uh, write Like a Virgin uh, that Madonna sang, but was Mm -hmm. Cyndi Lauper's uh, huge hit, True Colors. And mm-hmm. he's he's written a lot of stuff for a lot of um, you know a lot of LGBT artists and and, and other others as well. But uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to have an opportunity to talk with him in the new year. He lives out here in the desert. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean, True Colors is is one of those songs that um you know that became such um such a an, a gay anthem mm-hmm. really um yeah. and you know Cindy Lauper. Uh, is is one of those people who, for years, has been an absolutely stalwart ally, um, and you know she did the True Colors tour, um, which you know brought together a bunch of wonderful acts um, and raising money for LGBTQ issues. Um, and uh, you know, I actually when I worked at Logo, I was, I I went I I did the behind the scenes videos for that first. True Colors tour, which started in Las Vegas, and it was it was great because um, you know Cindy was extremely committed to the mission, yeah. Um, and you know which which was just so great to see, and you know she brought in a bunch of LGBTQ artists and allied out artists, and uh, yeah, so that would that'd be great to speak with uh, to speak with that writer of that song because it's it's such an iconic uh, gay song. Well, we're going to talk about a little more homophobia, transphobia, and such uh, in the segment ahead. Stay with us. Um, we're trying to keep things on a pretty upbeat uh, level of conversation tonight, and we want your phone calls as well at 760-677-0111. But among the things we'll be talking about as we continue will be a film entitled Lady Ballers. I hope you haven't seen this, but we'll tell you. No one has. Okay, good. (laughs) Stay with us. This is the happy hour. It's not always laughter and games on the GBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy and Johnny Mac, but when it is, you'll know when it's time to cut them off. Now, back to the beer pong. Uh, I mean show. Boys. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, the, we, we teased this going out of the previous segment, but I, this I is just some- need to preface it with this. The trailer calls the film quote the most triggering comedy of the year yeah would it be exactly you think so this is the thing the right loves to just set money on fire every every so often because what they do is they want to they they think that they can make make movies or music or anything and no one wants these things um and so they made a movie that is ostensibly a comedy that is sort of an anti-trans 
you know, quote, hilarious romp um, called Lady Ballers about trans women in sports. And I no one's going to see this movie. It's not no one. No one's going to, you know, it's going to be whatever straight to video. No one cares. It's like they it's like the people who made it like literally just set money on fire to own the libs while owning themselves really i mean right. i don't know why they do this and they they always perpetually are you know and, and of course every all the faves are in there ben shapiro's in it i think and you know god knows who else ben shapiro oh yeah oh my god yeah no everyone's oh, it just it's, you know it's the low lights oh. of you know of of just the the, yeah. the swamp are just all there right. of course and they put people like that in it. Why? Because they'll get on the radio and they'll tell all of their followers to go see it. You know, because he's in it. And so all those weird ducks who, you know, uh, are sycophants of that nonsense, they'll see it, but it's still not going to make any dent in the box office when, you know, you've got to make you know, tens to hundreds of millions of dollars, and that thing will probably make thousands. It'll make it'll make tens of dollars. It's streaming on the Daily Wire Plus. Like that's where it's <laughs> that's where you can watch it. Daily Wire Plus. I mean, you know, honestly, I, I, I give me a break. It's just, I, and I can't believe everyone wasted so much time and money to just. To, to 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 make something that's this just a laugh line to kind of again like you said sort of make a joke joke on their right wing radio programs yeah um well, I and see no that, one's gonna watch it no I one's gonna that, laugh at it it's the, just uh, Senator uh, Cancun is going to be in it um, Ted Cruz he's he has a cameo in this so if you like really ugly guys and really ugly beards. <laughs> um, you should you should definitely go see it. What Great, a, what a yeah, what a horrible bunch of crap. I know it's it's. I mean, it's just you know again, snowflake. They, you know the the right use that term snowflakes against the left, but they're so they are so triggered and so snowflakey that they literally need to set tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars on fire because they're mad that people exist in the world. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the most snowflakey thing of all. So, I mean, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. It's just like so ridiculous. Um, the, re the reporting that we had on it uh, said that another scene also shows the actors disrespecting the concept of trans identities by saying that it's also possible to be, quote, trans age and play on children's sports teams as adults the trailer then cuts to an adult severely injuring a child during a baseball game i mean how sick is that this is so stupid it's just not fun at the end of the day it's just not funny i mean the thing yeah. is like you know there there's there is a you know a long history of kind of like transgressive comedy right comedy that may, that's uncomfortably funny mm -hmm. this is not that this is just stupid and like you know, and so at the end of the day, you know, a, a a a moving picture rises and falls on whether it accomplishes its goal. This is not accomplishing any goal except, again, to be a talking point on re right wing radio. Yeah. Um, and maybe to get seven people to watch it on Daily Wire Plus, you know. Um, so it's just it's it's just stupid. I, I but I have to plead stupid here myself because 
I have no idea what the hell Daily Wire Plus is, but I is the Daily Wire is that like a a news site for right wing wackos or what? Yeah, yes, it's it's an extremely it's extremely a virulently far right anti gay you know anti everyone uh, yeah. website the Daily Wire, and I believe I was thinking Ben Shapiro is either the founder or a co founder. Um, but it's it's just you know if you want if you want to delve into the 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 absolute fever dreams of the you know of the hateful right yeah you know take a take a wander on the Daily Wire. Lovely, sounds great. Um, Sorry, I missed yeah, so, all that. Yeah, so so everyone, don't go watch that. Um, <laughs> sad news, um, uh, sad news out of India. Uh, where a 16-year-old boy died by suicide uh, just a week after he had posted a reel up on Instagram. He was dressed in a sari in celebration of their holiday. Um, I, I'm going to screw this up. Is it Div- Diwali? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and was found dead in his home by his mom uh, a couple of weeks ago. And... This is uh, this bullying online of LGBTQ youth and you know anybody, honestly, because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity, uh, is it just needs to stop, and there needs to be some serious attention paid to this, not just in the United States but globally. And I don't know how you do that when you have these governments that have these extreme right-wing wacko leadership regimes. And that I is mean, certainly not, the case in India right now. I mean, they're going through some other forms of censorship stuff where the, they're talking about imprisoning people who work for Netflix and produce uh, film for Netflix if it is in any way uh, mocking of their political system and and parties and uh, you know I know it's it's bad enough when we pay attention to this stuff what's going on in Florida and in Texas and you know certain other shitholes in the United States but uh, when you start thinking about how pervasive it is and think about how much of the world is not as accepting as our society has become over the last 20 30 years it mm-hmm. it 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 nauseates me it's sort of it's it's the, the it, i mean what it is is the internet really is in in many ways um a double edged sword for lgbtq um uh visibility actually because for many people, I mean, because in many countries and and even in the U.S. and many places, um, you didn't, you don't get to, or you didn't get to see images of gay people living their lives. You know, um, by and large, yeah. The internet provided provides um, a way to get LGBTQ existence out in the world. That's a plus, and that is a huge plus. And you know, for me growing up. Um, you know, the internet was was really kind of my, uh, you know, my sort of way into understanding that I had a community, right? And that there were people, you know, and and, and that there were radio shows and and videos and things that that reflected my existence back to me. 
that's the plus side. Yeah. The negative side is um, bullying, is anonymity leading to hate speech and and platforms that are either agnostic to uh, sort of negative hate speech or you know sort of violent speech, or even you know in in the in things like Twitter, uh, you know seemingly stoking it by you know the current you know uh, uh, chairman of the board or whatever his title is, um, Elon Musk. Um, so that's the the flip side is there's also then you know there's this sort of way in which anonymous voices can just kind of flood someone's inbox and DMs and stuff and make them feel really really assaulted. Yeah. So I I don't know which way ultimately you know at the end of the day uh, I think that it's a, it's a mixed bag. I like I I can't I I can't in good conscience be like. Internet bad for LGBTQ rights. I just don't think that's true. Yeah. But I do think that in, in many instances, it can be very, very, very toxic. Yeah. Well, uh, in uh, activists in India uh, quoted as saying recently an ex-meta engineer, Arturo Bayar, uh, joined the, uh, or told the U.S. Congress that he had warned Mark Zuckerberg that teens are not safe on Instagram, but his warnings were ignored. Um, the organization, Yes, We Exist, uh, went on to write, uh, he specifically focused on Meta's failure to curb bullying and threats received by teens and gave examples of his own daughter's experience using Instagram. Um, the group noted that Meta has fired thousands of content reviewers and the company is investing heavily in artificial intelligence to remove content in violation of community standards. But a Meta whistleblower has warned that AI is not as smart as Zuckerberg and Meta would like the public to believe that it is and is unable to make the moral and ethical decisions about content that human reviewers can. True that. Stay with us. We've got another hour of the GBC Happy Hour coming your way with Richie Roy. I'm Johnny Mack. The following program is filled with life-sustaining information for being a good human being. It's also full of shaming for bad humans. Sprinkle in an abundance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and the rest of the Lucky Charms alphabet, and you have... The Gay BC Happy Hour, hosted by a couple of fabulous unicorns who just can't help themselves from farting glitter wherever they go. Ladies and gentlemen, and those with pronouns I'm still learning about, here are your by coastal friends, Richie Roy and Johnny Mac. Hello, and welcome back to the Happy Hour. We're in hour two. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we are, uh, going to switch gears a little bit. Speaking of gears, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about cars. 
We had a really fun conversation earlier this week with a bunch of folks in a uh, Twitter space. And as always tends to happen when we get on the topic of automobiles, people have a very passionate discussion about this topic. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who assume, uh, it, you know, oh, you know, gays aren't really into that. But the fact of the matter is, is why wouldn't we be? Because like anything else, LGBTQ people tend to have pretty high standards uh, taste-wise for having nice things, even if they're uh, not, you know, the absolute, uh, you know, epitome of something because you can't afford everything in the world, of course. But uh, a lot of people like to have a nice ride. And uh, that's not always defined by the appearance on the outside. Sometimes it's the features on the inside and uh, or perhaps. And by the way, Todd Bianco, our auto aficionado, who is going to be hosting our new show, Torque, with Richie Roy uh, after the new year. Um, that will be a program about automobiles and the love of the automobile. Um, he couldn't be with us tonight. He was supposed to be here, but he couldn't be with us tonight because he uh, fell ill. So uh, we hope that he gets well and that he'll be able to join us again soon. But we decided to go on with this anyway because, you know, Richie, for years I have been so jealous watching these TV commercials at this time of year where somebody comes outside with the beautiful music and the snow is falling and there it is, a big, beautiful, shiny new car waiting in the driveway with a big, beautiful red bow on it. And I think, who gets a car for Christmas or Hanukkah? But some people do, so we should talk about cars. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, um, I think it's right, I think you're right that, um, you know, whether that folks are, you know, gay, straight, or otherwise, um, you know, just, you know, realistically, in most parts of the country, a car is a big part of your life, you spend time in it, it's, it, you, you know, there is social signaling that happens, be, you know, you pick, you pick your car, you know, and, and of course, you know, th there are, there are different, um, you know, things that go into that decision, including economics, obviously. Right. But given, you know, within any kind of stratum of, of, you know, cost, there are options. And so what you pick sort of says something, you're saying something with your car, you know, whether you you know, mean to or not. And a lot of people mean to, especially, you know, like you said, LGBTQ folk, you know, want to are, are saying something with their choice of cars. And so, yeah, it, it, you know, it's an interesting topic. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting about the show, the torque show is that it is about, um, it's not going to be like car talk. It's not going to be talking about how to, you know, f you know, replace the manifold on your 1975 Datsun <laughs> 350 or <Right>. whatever. <laughs> it's more going to be kind of about, you know, the, the car as, as a kind of modern, uh, you know, sort of social signal, um, as as sort of a piece of technology and a piece of design. Because again, they are also design products, and gays are notoriously. <laughs> Uh, interested in good design, um, and so it's a it's, it is an interesting topic. I I agree with you. I don't know. Um, I if if I came, you know, if I if I were to come home and someone were to 
present me with a car with a big bow on it, I'm like, well, with what money did this happen? Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, the, those ads are kind of funny in that way because I don't, I don't think any, you know, lived their lives so d- divorced from monetary reality that you could just that you just buy a car on you know to surprise you know your partner, but. Uh, you know, we suspend disbelief for these ads because they are fun. Um, yeah. But there are a bunch of cars, you know, coming out that um, I personally am really interested in. I'm uh, I'm pretty uh, satisfied with my car, which is which is quite aged at this point, but but quite reliable. So I'm not necessarily in the market. But were I to be in the market, there are a couple car there are a couple cars that um, do really speak to me. Um, you know, and I have to say, and, and much to my, my friends, give me a little bit of guff about this. Um, I am, I am someone who likes a, a, an SUV. Um, I do like to be up high. I like the size. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, and so, uh, the, the ones that really are looking really interesting to me are, um, there's a new Lexus GX series that came out recently that, um, is really beautifully kind of slab sided and geometric. And, uh, from all, everything I've read about it, you know, the stats and specs are really good. It's, it's an, it's a very capable off road, all wheel drive, you know, sort of, um, off roader, but also, you know, has the, the appointments, interior appointments and stuff to make it a really comfortable car. And, um, that one really is calling my name partially because that is, I, I, that, that is the car that I have. I have a 2007 GX 470 and I'm so enamored of this car that I can't, it's, it's hard to think of, of ever wanting a different car. And so the fact that they've, they've come out with one that looks really, really cool and is kind of like the modern, you know, iteration is very alluring to me. So that's one that's definitely on my radar. And then on the electric side, because that is not, that's an uh, internal combustion engine car. On the electric side, I've I've been really fascinated by Rivian for a while. I think that those look cool as hell. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, Tesla is obviously a huge, you know, the biggest player in electric cars and, you know, I think pretty divisive in terms of whether people, I think some people have really great experiences with them. Um, other people find the build quality to be absolutely disastrously bad, uh, depending on which model you get. And I think probably just which one you get off the line. Um, but, you know, there's also the question of do you want to be putting money in the pocket of or supporting Elon Musk, given all of his kind of bad behavior, sort of like, you know, constant bad behavior on the public, you know, out in the public sphere. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's good to have options besides Tesla and Rivian seems pretty darn interesting and they make some really beautiful truck and SUV, uh, shaped cars. So, um, those are two that, that really have caught my attention. You know, I have been looking at what is happening on the electric vehicle front here domestically besides Tesla. And General Motors uh, has a EV version of their Silverado truck coming out this year, and um, and it actually looks really sharp 
it's a very attractive vehicle. It looks like a, a more of a full-size version of, do you remember that thing that Subaru made years ago called the Brat? The Brat. I yeah. love the Brat. And yeah. It, it kind of looks like a, I, a larger version of that because it has a back seat to it, but, um, you know, but it has like the short bed. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a pretty good looking um, vehicle. I uh, I think you should uh, take uh, what I'm trying to find now is like, and I haven't been able to uh, at this point is I'm trying to find a price point on on it because you know so many electric vehicles are so expensive and and really prohibitive in many ways for people to you know to be able to get into, but. Um, you know, I was looking at some of the the uh, compact uh, EV vehicles that are coming out for 2024 as well, and Kia, and Nissan, and a number of other lines. Most of them um, from uh, the Asia Pacific region are uh, developing really uh, pretty decent little cars that start in the 24,000 and up range for a for you know a compact vehicle. So it still has a way to come down for sure. Yeah. But and I th- when you think about how much you're going to save on gas and things like that, you have to factor all of that stuff in, I think, when you think about what the price you're going to pay uh, is because you're going to not be at the pump and you're going to probably pay a lot less for the electricity than the gas. Yeah. And I think what we're going to have to, especially not not in the luxury side, but in the sort of economy side, I think what we're going to have to get comfy with um, is seeing a bunch of new brands out of China with names that are very ugly sounding that are going to be coming on, on the market because there are, I mean, China is investing huge in the electric car industry and there, there are the names. I mean, they just, the names do not inspire excitement. Um, They're, you know, the, 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 brand names are just kind of mysterious and kind of a bunch of collection of letters but uh but they they have some pretty interesting looking things coming out and the, the prices are very very uh aggressively priced and so i do think that that's something that we're going to see in this market because what there has been is it looks like you know, I read an article that Mercedes, you know, they've they've kind of leaned into electrics with the EQS and the EQs, the EQ series, mm-hmm. but that they're languishing on the dealer lots. People aren't wanting these products because the prices are high and because they're just not they don't have the there's just not an appeal, you know, like a visceral appeal to them. And so I think in the where where there's really I think room to grow is like you said in the economy set segment. And um, you know, making a making a, a really cheap, good car. You know, th- th- a number of years ago, uh, Korea, you know, came in with the Hyundai Excel, and you know that was kind of like you know the the first mover in kind of Korea establishing you know Hyundai uh, and then uh, Kia, um, it, you know, establishing themselves in the market. And at first, people were like, well, "What are these weird Korean cars? We don't like them." Yeah. And they just they developed and got better and better, and now are kind of you know really dominant players. And I think we're going to see that happen with these Chinese companies um, that are going to start coming online and coming over here. And although I think, um, and, and you know, we'll I find this interesting. I would have asked Todd this if you were here tonight, but um, the 
the thing about the Chinese market, because they have been working on some really cool-looking, inexpensive electric cars for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of years, uh, we've seen a lot of stuff you know, um, being shown as this is what they were intending to come to market with in, in America. But the problem is, is the ability to have the adaptability for the uh, for energizing them, you know, for charging them, and and also for parts and you know for repair, and so I think that that's where they're going to run into a problem in the U.S. marketplace is you know being able to have uh, adequate and widespread enough network of um, service options for them and and also uh, recharging services unless they end up doing like a lot of people are finally conceding uh, in that marketplace are conceding and going to ultimately be on Tesla's, uh, you know, uh, charging station network. Right. Yeah. And there's, that's a good point. I mean, the, and that's always, you know, that's always kind of a, um, you know, the dealer network, the parts network is always kind of a question in the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, you know, when new companies come in, I mean, even things like, uh, you know, small, smaller companies, um, you know, like a, like, you know, a, like a Land Rover or something, right. um, you're not necessarily going to, to have great luck with, um, you know, parts and dealers in certain parts of the country. And so you have actually sort of, I would say what, what you what you might, what we might see, is sort of a regionalization um, of things because I know, like for instance, there's there's a decent network of Land Rover, you know, dealerships and stuff in the Northeast, um, and maybe there's some, you know, in Southern California, but there might be huge swaths of the country where people just aren't going to generally have that car because there aren't dealerships, there's not parts, there's not a network, yeah. and so it might be something where you know, and especially. Um, there might be just parts of the country, you know, at least now, where electrification, you know, makes more sense than in other places. And there will be just be there will be more charging stations, more electric car brands. You know, when you look at denser uh, population centers, like you know, places like the Northeast, uh, places like Southern California, um, that it just, it, I think that the 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 car, the automotive sort of industry is just going to kind of fracture up. It's not going to be the, like it was in the past where you would have, you know, a couple legacy brands launching nationwide products that, you know, everyone's aware of and, you know, and just they have the parts for them everywhere. I think it's going to it, it might just be kind of a, a growing pains kind of situation. Yeah. And again, uh, I think a major thing that's going to keep people out of them for a while longer uh, in terms of the current market here in the u.s is you know is the price point with something like a nissan leaf which is a very small car uh starting at basically at 30 grand uh hyundai's ionic q uh ionic uh six that vehicle um starts at 38,000 38 and a half thousand and kia uh kia's nero starts at forty one thousand. so you know, these are, uh, you know, of course you're going to save money because you're not spending on the gas, but it's still kind of a hard pill for people to swallow thinking about how they're going to work that into a car payment if they're not 
you know, fairly financially comfortable. And I think that the vast majority of people who probably listen to us uh, are living maybe not paycheck to paycheck, but not not that far off of it. And so the idea of spending a ton of money on a new electric vehicle, even though it's the thing of the future, is, is going to be a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. So we'll see. And we'll look forward to hearing you and Todd talk about these things on a weekly basis in the new year on, on Torque. So I'm definitely looking forward to that that program coming up from GBC. Stay with us. We've got a lot more to talk about this evening. And still coming up ahead, we are going to uh, have our regular mixology segment before we're out of here tonight. We'll also have our products that we want you to know about or ideas that we think you should Uh, be looking at when you're in the market to be a consumer. So stay with us. The Gay BC Happy Hour continues with or without pumpkin spice. Your taste, your show, and your humble hosts. Richie Roy and Johnny Mack. Indeed, our your humble hosts, or maybe not so humble. depends on the depends on the day, the but, day um, and the time. <laughs> but yes, um, so you know we're coming into again. It's the holiday season, and part of the holiday season is New Year's. And uh, you know, the other day on uh, Twitter Space, I asked folks kind of like as a preview what their resolutions might be for the new year and people were actually kind of flummoxed i think they weren't ready for the question because it's still you know november but time to start thinking about it um you know i i don't put a lot of stock in new year's resolutions to be honest like january 1st but i think it's always good to have resolutions to have things to like sort of to endeavor to do goals Goals. and you know for some people that kind of turn of the odometer is the thing that compels them to kind of make that change so you know taking that seriously um you know i think the the question of the moment um which we also would love for folks to call in with is what would be your uh what are your new year's resolutions for 2024 Again, our number is 760-677-0111. And to um, further incent them to share their wisdom and ideas with us and, you know, with one another, to things to be thinking about that you could do to improve your life in 2024. Uh, I'm going to give everybody who does call and participate in this a GBC t-shirt. So um, if you want to call in 760-677-0111, uh, we'll have a gift for you this evening uh, for your participation in the show. Yeah, and and I do think that um, everyone's resolution in 2024 should be to call into this show more often. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yes, so... Um, and we know a lot of you who can only listen via the podcast after the fact. So um, we're working on that. We thought we had it resolved this week, and it's it's... The line is there, it's in, and for some reason it's not working right. So Yes, technical Baby difficulties, steps. but we will get we will get there and then you can call in um during the um off times for the show and we can uh we can sort of respond in the following week. Yeah. So 
But yeah, so in terms of resolutions, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, and I, I think I mentioned it in, in the Twitter space, but um, is to redouble my efforts to, uh, to see friends more, to kind of uh, make sure that I am staying in touch with folks because it's just crazy how um, time gets away from you and you realize all of a sudden that there's a friend that you haven't talked to in two years. And that's kind of, you know, it's not optimal. And, um, you know, really, uh, it takes it does take concerted effort. It's kind of like, you know, going to the gym. You know, you kind of have to go every go a couple times a week to just kind of keep your keep your health um, and to, you this- know, sort of keep. Was this was that? something that you kind of realized as you've been on something of a, a little mini sabbatical uh, between jobs right now? You're getting ready to start a brand new um, position soon, and and it's given you some time off to actually you know think about stuff and see what you have and haven't been doing. And you know, I know you uh, recently have seen some um, friends and relatives that uh, you know. Has it been a wake up call? I mean, I think it's that. I think it's also that I recently had a birthday, and people kind of came, you know, sort of came out of the out of the woodwork, and you know, wished me happy birthday. And I was like, you know, for some of the people, and I was so thankful that they were that they were, you know, sort of thinking of me. But I was like, gosh, I haven't spoken with that person in four years, or a year, or six months, or whatever. And um, you know, there's no real excuse um, except that you know, life just gets busy, but you have to make time, you know, you make time for the gym, you make time for, you know, to cook, you make time to, to do your laundry or whatever. Um, and for me, it's just, um, as you get older, um, you're the friends that you do have, you know, you matter more. Um, and you know, because, uh, it's, I mean, at least for, you know, I've found that, um, the situations where you develop new deep friendships are few and far between. And so the the friends that you did develop, you know, the, the, the friendships that you did have and deep friendships, you know, um, you want to keep those friends and you want to keep in touch and you, you don't want to drift apart. Right. And so for me, I think that that is a resolution is just to, is to kind of redouble my efforts to actually uh, nurture my friendships. Well, there's absolutely nothing negative or wrong in all of that, you know. It it only I think makes life better and we stay in touch with one another. And it's so easy in the internet age to, you know, just let everything fall to being a text message or, you know, an occasional email and it's really pretty hollow in comparison. I it surprises me. I used to talk to friends of mine on the phone all the time for years. I mean, growing up, in fact, people told me that I had a phone, uh, that I should have a phone actually stitched into my ear at one point. <laughs> and, and today, I like, I hardly use my phone at all. I mean, well, other than, you know, to do internet stuff with. Right. But I'm rarely on phone calls. In fact, I probably spend most of my time on the phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. <laughs> but but aside from that, you know, it, it does make me stop and think about, you know, how important it is uh, 
to keep those relationships close and and that that is really a, a, a great goal or objective to work on uh, in the new year is to you know strengthen those um, those relationships those ties that we have and we rely on for you know being able to help us get through the tough moments and to share the joy with as well exactly we're going to continue with the GBC happy hour and when we do we're going to be back with our seal of approval stuff and we're going to talk about some gift items especially for those of you who are thinking about people on your gift list that are hard to buy for mm-hmm. maybe aren't sure about what to get them now we've got some ideas for you among other things so stay with us and we will certainly of course still welcome your phone calls I'll even keep the offer open. If you join us by phone, I will send you a GBC Happy Hour t-shirt. 760-677-0111. The GBC Radio Network presents the Weekly Public Service. The GBC Happy Hour Seal of Approval. Does it fly or does it die? Products, services, and customer service that will turn you on or turn you off. Does the cup runneth over or has the well gone dry? Richie and Johnny, take it away. Thanks, Howie. Uh, Yes, yes. Welcome back. Um, And yes, it is. uh, I feel like, you know, the next couple weeks we will um, use this segment to kind of, I think, uh, talk about some things that might be uh, worthy thoughts for gifts. Um, I mean, of course, we always uh, reserve the right to blast some demerits out, but um, but we also have uh, some things that are uh, things that are uh, worth thinking about. And uh, I will start actually with um, a shameless plug uh, for a good friend of mine. Uh, who has a sock company, um, and it is called This Night. Uh, and if you if you Google This Night socks, uh, they are beautiful socks, um, and they make wonderful gifts. Um, I've received them uh, as gifts. I've given them as gifts. They are made in the U.S. out of U.S. product, or I mean, out of U.S. you know yarn, and um, and the designs are beautiful, and so. Uh, I do think that, you know, don't overlook socks actually has a great gift. Um, I also just got um, a friend of mine just sent me uh, socks at, for my birthday. And they're really fun. You know, beautiful socks are a fun thing. They're kind of a daily little luxury. And so I will throw that out there that um, this night socks are something to put on your Did you holiday say this to-do night. List. This night, yeah. So T H I S N I G H T. Yeah, if you Google this night, I think it's it's I think the website's this night.com, but if you just Google this night socks, um it should come up. Okay, cool. Um I uh I have a number of things. You know, usually I'm looking at the cup being half empty and I really, really through the holidays wanted to not be Mr. You know, cup half full. I mean, I wanted to be Mr. Cup half full, not half empty. So, um, 
I have a lot of people on my list, Richie, who are really difficult people to to buy for in my family and among my friends because a lot of people have everything or everything that they could need or as we tend to do because it's so convenient now to order stuff like on Amazon or you know anywhere online um, they do it as they want it or need it right and so people don't just wait like I remember you know as I was growing up people you know they they limited a lot of their acquisition of things until the holidays and and so one of the things that I really disliked in my own family uh, sorry mom if you're listening and I doubt that you are but I'd always get these phone calls my my parents my grandparents I need your list I need your list I'm like why why do you need a list why can't you just give something that you think thoughtfully would be something that would you know set well with the person you're giving it to you know so it has a little more uh, personalized touch to it and that was just unheard of in my family you know no we we just get the things that people need so basically you're going shopping for them and they don't they don't have to pay the tab and you know i don't know how much thoughtfulness goes into that and and more recently you know people who just oh i don't know what you'd want so i just got you a gift card to home depot or you know whatever and i hate those kind of gifts because mm-hmm. they don't mean anything it's just like okay well you spent some money on me thank you for doing that but you know mm-hmm. you didn't really have to do that my partner on the other hand is one of those people who pays attention to things that people enjoy like to do um in uh you know are um attracted to in terms of art or things like that and so he's always putting away these little notes in his head all year long and thinking about those things and when stuff comes up for sale over the course of the year he'll go and he'll he sees something he's like oh i think my mother-in-law would you know really like that and he buys it and sets it away for you know for giving at a birthday or christmas or something like that and being that it's so difficult for me to find a lot of things for various people, I've found that people generally like keep keepsakes. And there is an enormous number of companies that let you personalize products now to people and to their personality or to the things that, you know, are their uh, hobbies or interests. So it's not just, you know, buying somebody the yarn to do their crafting or knitting or something like that, but it's actually maybe getting uh, some sort of uh, personalization item that complements those kinds of interests. And I've just found a lot of different places. For instance, we have a person very close to us who we lost a few years ago. And uh, and I know that my significant other um, has a number of little goodies around the house from magnets to mouse pads that happened to display him. So I was amused when I came across a company that does this winter uh, that does personalized swim shorts. And (laughs) so I got him custom imprinted swimwear that actually has um, this person's face worked into a nice Hawaiian print. 
Huh. And and you know it's stuff like that, or or maybe it is uh, you know somebody who loves animals or something like that, and you know or can't be around somebody they have a, a grandchild or something like that that you could actually now have uh, stuffed pillows made out of the shape of of the kid and put you know their face on it and things like that. So just a lot of interesting, fun, neat little things to find that and I mean go Google personalized Christmas gifts or you know personalized items uh, custom printed items and things like that because there's just so much that you can do there and I remember when I was back in New York um, there was a, a series of books done called America 24-7 and they also did one for each state in the union where people um, over a 24-hour period had ter- uh, submitted all of these um, photographs uh, nor, uh, and when they did that, uh, the publishers of this book did something really cool. Not only did they create this big, huge, beautiful uh, coffee table book, but they allowed you to customize the cover and the inset on the inside of the cover. And mm-hmm. so you could put any picture you wanted. So I did that, and I put um, pictures from each member of my family uh, at in various, you know, uh, situations where they were kind of the the cover story, and and right. there was a little personalized inset on the inside of the book, so that's what I generally like to try and turn towards, so that it makes a really lasting impression. It's something that you know touches people uh, in the at the heart, and you know companies like um, uh, Shutterfly and and those people who do like photo books and and other sorts of custom imprinted items and stuff like that they have a ton of you know various products that you can that you can do that with yeah no i think that's a great that's a great option and you know i uh i uh i have to admit i'm not i'm not great at giving christmas gifts particularly because i am not i can't wait so I, when I see a perfect gift for someone who's a friend of mine, I buy it and I give it to them immediately. I cannot wait Why to get it to wait? them. Because like I'm so excited or, for them. Yeah. I'm just excited for them to get it. And so like, you know, let's say I, um, you know, I go to, uh, you know, a MoMA exhibit, yeah. uh, you know, and there is a, a show and, uh, you know, there, there's a you know, a product, uh, you know, like, you know, a mug or, you know, a set of note cards or something or playing cards or something. Right. Um, I get them and I just need to get them in my friend's hands immediately. (laughs) And so I tend to be the kind of person that gives kind of random gifts throughout the year. Um, and so for me, Christmas gifts are a little bit trickier. I tend to, you know, again, um, you know, I think, uh, things like socks another another website that i really like is called kiosk uh it's kiosk kiosk.com and they they curate a very interesting international sort of grouping of products uh you know everything from like chalk to to little clips to just weird little things that they've that they have imported from various countries over the years and it's just, you know, it's something that you can't, stuff that you just can't get anywhere else. Right. And of various price points. And, um, you know, I think sometimes that's the stuff where, like, let's say, like, they have a, a Danish dish brush. It's a horsehair dish brush. It's beautiful. It's a great dish brush. 
and you can't get it anywhere else. And it's like, no one would think I need a new dish brush. But if they get a really cool new Danish dish brush, they're going to be super happy with it. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing that like just I just don't tend bring to- me one of those little spoons from some location that you've traveled around the world to go to. And, uh, you know, I like God bless those people who collect the spoons and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, there are certain things that you're going to get or find in places when you travel and such that are unique and that you won't find anywhere else. And, and that does make a great gift idea. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, th- and that's another throughout the year kind of thing, you know, is that, um, is that as you're, as you're traveling, um, you know, sometimes kind of little things like stickers or stationery are great, sort of great options. Um, you know, so th- those are also kind of like really, uh, really fun things. You know, an- another thing, uh, can be really, uh, that's a little bit old fashioned, but actually kind of great is stamps. Um, U.S. Postal Service has throughout the year really cool stamps, and so uh, those can be another fun one because they're still they're kind send of anything like in the mail. Art. What was that? I said, do you still send anything in the mail? Uh, sometimes, yeah, I do yeah. actually. Hey, we have a call. Uh, let's okay. say hi to Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the show. Uh, hello, and thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great, thank you, and. Uh, I think you wanted to call and share some thoughts for the new year. Yes. Uh, this is something I picked up a couple of years ago from one of my cousins. Um, every year you start off just being mindful of yourself and uh, trying to kind of figure out what, what bothers you, what, that, what you do that bothers others, how you can make, people's lives better make your lives better and whatever it could be work personal neighbors i don't know um take notes for two months sit on it for another month and then you have the remainder of the the year the nine months to kind of identify and and come up with a plan of action um it, it really taking that kind of like measured approach uh really does help um kind of analyze what you think is the most important to focus on and find uh, the, the best way to kind of tackle that and improve yourself. Good points. I actually really like that idea because what it what it makes me think about is actually, um, um, it's kind of like uh, a, a New Year's resolution to kind of engage in the kind of work that you do in therapy, even if you aren't in therapy, which is to actually kind of actively take stock of where your life is, where your relationships are, what your kind of stress points are, and then and then actually tackle them. So I love that idea of kind of like, you know, making that effort. You know, a lot of people say, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, every day, you know, in Jan- starting January 1st. But I do like, I'm going to attend to my mental health and attend to my relationships and myself, you know, for three months every day. That's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, it's um, it's not easy, but it it does have measurable effects, honestly. Well, that's that's a great contribution, and thank you for doing that. And hang on the line there, uh, Richie's going to continue to uh, to guide us uh, through gift stuff for a few more minutes, and I'm going to get your information on on the line here in a moment. So we are going to send Kevin a T-shirt from yes. ABC. 
And if you'd like to join us as well, 760-677-0111 is our telephone number. If you ever forget it, it is available on our gbc.com or gbchappyhour.com website. And so, um, Richie, you know, there's one other thing I was going to bring up about uh, gift-giving ideas, and that is thinking about services for the people that you love and that they may be in need of. So I have elderly parents uh, in their Mm -hmm. 80s, and we were thinking about what do we get them, you know, what do you get somebody who's already got everything, you know, that they really need in terms of material possessions? Um, and so we're actually talking about getting some yard work and some uh, housekeeping done for them, hiring a housekeeper to come in yeah. uh, every couple of weeks and stuff like that and help them. So, that, you know, at their advanced age, they're not having to do that kind of stuff. Those are the kinds of things you could also think about giving people to make a real difference in their life. Yeah, for sure. And we'll I think we'll continue this into the next segment for okay, sure. Cool. We've got the... Uh, happy hour mixology segment coming up as well so stay with us Homo mixologist Richie Roy and his ice cube handler Johnny Mac present the latest lessons from the Gay BC Happy Hour School of Mixology as they say at Gay BC, bottoms up. Hello. That sounds like you're calling. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, that'll be on my tombstone. Really? Um, but uh, yes. So um, quickly, before we get into the mixology, one of the things that you mentioned kind of services, and I love that. I love services. That's a great idea. One thing that I remember... Um, a group of us went to get, went in on together for it wasn't for Christmas, but it was for a, a different uh, event. Was um, getting someone uh, a year of flowers, and so every month they would get uh, a local florist would deliver flowers to their house, and that is I think um, it's it, it's a little pricey, so it's something you could go in with some other fe- like for a, let's say for a parent, yeah, or for someone like that or a grandparent. Go in with with you know your siblings or you know your extended family, because no one's ever gonna just go buy flowers for themselves every month, but they are going to enjoy the hell out of that. Yeah, and uh, that's the kind of like thing that just um, you know the services thing, yet yeah, yard work or or even um, finding a local housekeeper and getting someone you know a quarterly deep clean or something like that um yeah that, and all that, the, those are great ideas all the better too if you know people who have somebody who they really like as a house cleaner in that area um is to you know get a recommendation from from a friend or a family member who is very satisfied and knows the credibility and the the quality of the work that's done by somebody that does those kinds of in-home services um, because that goes a lot further too. And a lot of times when they refer you, um, you know, because you were referred, you'll get a, a really good rate. Um, cause it can, it can get pricey too, but not, yeah. not to short change what, what somebody gets for doing that kind of work, just so that you know that the quality, uh, when somebody comes into your home and, and, you know, I think there's a lot of, especially older people who are reticent to have somebody who's a stranger coming into their home and going through their stuff. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely a consideration. But yeah, so that's, I mean, those are services that are not to be overlooked. Um, I will, uh, I will agree with you also that like I, I'm not a big fan of gift cards because the thing that's interesting about it is if you get a thoughtful gift for someone, it, a truly thoughtful gift, it can be anywhere from $5 to $500 and it, it might be perfect. Any, any sort of a gift card or cash is always going to feel cheaper yeah. than, than an equivalent gift that is, th- that is thoughtful, you know, um, because uh, you know, you can get someone an, an amazingly thoughtful gift for twenty five dollars, um, yeah. and and something that they will absolutely adore and that they will love. If you sent someone twenty five dollars, they would be like insulted. Yeah. It's like, okay, thanks, grandma. Like, no. Um, so yeah, the, t- taking that moment of care, like it, it's an expression of care. It's yeah. not. It's not a transaction. And definitely, I mean, if you are a creative person or you know somebody who likes to. You know, create. I mean, yeah, create things. Whether it's a craft uh, item or it's maybe it's a tin of cookies that you made. Um, and I mean, I know a lot of people who do that and give their own, you know, uh, baked goods uh, for the holidays to people. And that's certainly right. a lot more enjoyable than getting a yeah. Starbucks gift card. Right. And if you're going to do, and the thing is, if you are going to do like a gift card kind of situation, that's where also local businesses matter. Yes. Um, You know, like for instance, if I got a gift card to Hamilton and Adams or to my local bookstore or something, that would be really much more meaningful to me than to get, you know, um, a Home Depot, some plastic Home Depot, you know, you know, card or whatever. So that's another thing that that's, again, it's an expression of care and it's expressing, I, I know what you like. Right. It shows your thoughtfulness towards them. Exactly. So, um, but to go to mixology corner, because we, we are closing in on the end of the show. We want to make sure everyone has their libations for the week. (laughs) Um, I, I was thinking about, uh, you know, I was smelling actually because uh, my neighbors, I think, were having a, a, a wood fire in their um, fireplace, and I smelled the smoke um, on the air, on the crisp, you know, wintry air. And I loved, I loved that smell of, you know, of wood fired smoke, you know. And I got thinking about mezcal because mezcal is super smoky. And I love mezcal. And so the drink that I'm going to do tonight, the boozy drink, is a mezcal uh, Negroni. I think that this is a great drink um, because, you know, it's you replace the gin with the mezcal. And so what this is, is it's a mix of mezcal, Campari, vermouth, cochi americano, uh, and ice. And, you know, an orange peel as, you know, a little twist. But um, it's a it's a really nice beverage. Um, you know, it has the bitterness, it has the sweetness, and it has the smokiness. So I feel like that's kind of like a nice, you know, Negronis are gener- generally, you know, kind of like a summery drink. But I think with the mezcal, I think that gives it a little bit more of a kind of like dusky, smoky, wintry vibe. So I think a mezcal Negroni, I think, would be a really fun beverage to have at this time of year, you know, especially kind of uh, as an aperitif, you know, before dinner kind of drink. Um, and then when I'm thinking about 
non-alcoholic drinks. Um, there's no, I, there isn't really a good analog to a mezcal negroni, but there is a really, really fascinating non-alcoholic spirit called pentire, and it is, I think it's made in Cornwall, if I'm not mistaken, and it's, uh, it's sort of. Very unusual. It's very salty and saline uh, and very refreshing and quite adult tasting. Um, I can't really put my finger on what it is. It has kind of botanical vibes. Uh, it has, again, like I said, this kind of salty seawater kind of quality to it. And it is really delicious. And what is it again? Um, what was that? What is it again? Pentire. P-E-N-T-I-R-E. Um, Spell it one more time. P-E-N-T-I-R-E. Okay. And it's just, it's a very fascinating non-alcoholic spirit. And, um, you know, I tend to like it actually on the rocks. Um, I think you could have it with seltzer. You could probably mix it with something, but I think it has such interesting notes to it that um, it really deserves to be had uh, sort of as the star of the show. Um, And so whether you actually, you know... Whether you like booze or you don't, if you just like interesting beverages, um, you know, I would say that the closest analog would be it's it, like gin, but it's not like gin at all. It's really almost kind of a unique thing. I've not tasted anything quite like it, and it, it's really, really delicious. So I would say give Pentire a choice or a chance, rather. Okay. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Absolutely. So we have just a couple of moments left, about two minutes uh, left before we have to start packing our bags and heading out. And again, I'll mention, if you missed the show earlier when we had Tom Nelson here from San Francisco, he's the producer of the Krampus Pageant. That is happening at a venue in the Mission District in San Francisco on Saturday uh, may have already happened if you haven't heard the show until after Saturday, December 2nd. But um, it is a fundraiser for an uh, organization that does a great deal of good for LGBTQ youth. And we always like those kinds of organizations here. And uh, again, it's going to be at El Rio in the Mission District on Saturday. Uh, it The doors are going to open up at 3 o'clock. They're asking for a... Uh, contribution of 10 to $20, which is what's going to go towards that beneficiary. And if you don't have it, that's fine. They don't turn anybody away. You can still come in and, and participate and have fun at the Krampus pageant in San Francisco. And if you are there, yours truly will be there on Saturday. And I would love for you to come on up and uh, to tap on my shoulder and go, hey, you, we listen. So please, <laughs> please do that. And uh, I know you've had a lot of uh, folks around you lately and, and been into the city a couple of times in the last week or so. Any other special plans for you uh, as we continue to move into this next week? Uh, yeah, I actually I have uh, relatives uh, coming to visit uh, nice. and actually a friend is coming to visit from uh from Virginia. So going to do some, some, some touristy stuff in the city, which will be really fun. And actually our caller, um, Kevin from earlier, Kevin is actually traveling through the Hudson Valley 
tomorrow. Oh, and neat. we'll be dropping by for a little snack. So uh, that'll be fun. So, uh, yeah, just kind of seeing friends and uh, seeing relatives over the next week during my little interregnum between jobs. Well, you know what they say, it is the season. So, it is the season. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And so uh, I would say, uh, you know, Reach out to your friends. Uh, make sure that you uh, keep in touch with them, and uh, yeah, we will. We will see you again next week. And uh, until then, I hope that you uh, that you have a lovely week and uh, start thinking about gifts. Yeah, and with uh, any luck, by the time we reconvene next week. Uh, George Santos will have been removed from the United States Congress, and we can celebrate that. So there's that to look forward to. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. May your shadow fall in pleasant places. For Richie Roy, I'm Johnny Mack, and we'll see you next week.